the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. There are some who say Genesis 1 is poetry. It's poetic. It's metaphorical. It's not to be taken as history. It's not to be taken as a literal account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. It's not meant to be a historical record. This grammatical device that I'm talking about is used 51 times in the opening chapters of Genesis in the creation account. A building needs a solid foundation to stay upright. It can't withstand storms and stresses without a strong base. Well, today, Pastor Dan explains that the book of Genesis is foundational to the rest of the Bible. It gives you a framework to understand what comes later. He shares that it was written as a historical document and can't be mistaken for poetry or a metaphor of how the world began. Genesis shows you that God intentionally created the world and infused value and purpose into the things that he made. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Genesis chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. We left off in verse 6 of Genesis 1. I'm going to begin in verse 1 just to give us the context. So beginning in verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was without form and void and darkness was on the face of the deep. And the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. And then God said, let there be light. And there was light. And God saw the light that it was good. And God divided the light from the darkness, and God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And so the evening and the morning were the first day. And then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters, and let it divide the waters from the waters. Thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. Then God said, let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place and let the dry land appear. And it was so. And God called the dry land earth and the gathering together of the waters he called seas. And God saw that it was good. And then God said, let the earth bring forth grass and the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in itself on the earth. And it was so. And the earth brought forth grass, the herb that yields seed according to its kind and the tree that yields fruit, whose seed is in itself according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. 
And so the evening and the morning were the third day. And then God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heavens to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and seasons and for days and years and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. And then God made two great lights, the greater light to rule the day, that's the sun, and the lesser light to rule the night, that's the moon. He made the stars also. God set them in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth and to rule over the day and over the night and to divide the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. So the evening and the morning were the fourth day. So today we're going to study the second, third, and fourth day of the creation account. We looked at the first day of creation in verses 1 to 5. And we saw on the first day that God uh, created the earth out of nothing. He just called it into existence. There was nothing before Genesis 1.1. And when he created the earth, originally the earth was without form and void, meaning it was formless and empty, and then through the creation week, God gave the earth form and he filled it with, with life. We also saw that the earth initially was covered with water, uh, entirely covered with water. And that, that brings us now to day number two of the creation account in verses six to eight. We have the second day of creation. Uh, But before we talk about the second day of creation, I I want you to notice in verse 6, this is Bible nerd stuff for you. Notice in verse 6, that verse 6 begins with the word then, or your translation might say and, begins with the word then, then God said, or and God said. If you look down at verse 9, verse 9 also begins with the word then, uh, or and. And we see it again in verse 11, and we see it again in verse 14, and 16, and verse 20, and over and over and over, we see it throughout this chapter. Then this happened, then this happened, then this happened. Or your translation, and this happened, and this happened, and God said, and God said, and God did, right? Uh, This is is a, a Hebrew grammatical device. Called a wa consecutive. That's the Bible nerd part. It's a grammatical device that is used in historical narratives in the Old Testament. In other words, it's used in the Old Testament when presenting historical events in sequence. Like when you recount a story to someone. And you recount it in in sequence or in order and you say... Well, first this happened, then this happened, then that happened, then after that this happened. You, see, you understand what I'm saying? And, and so that is this grammatical device that we find in Hebrew. It's the retelling of historical events in sequential order. And it implies that these events happened right after each other. You know, there's not long periods of time between the events happening they, they happen sequentially right after each other. This grammatical device is almost non-existent in Hebrew poetry. I point that out because 
There are some who say Genesis 1 is poetry. It's poetic. It's metaphorical. It's not to be taken as history. It's not to be taken as a literal account of the creation of the heavens and the earth. It's not meant to be a historical record. This grammatical device that I'm talking about is used 51 times in the opening chapters of Genesis in the creation account. Now, in in the book of Joshua, which nobody debates whether that's historical narrative or not. In Joshua chapter 1, the device is used only four times. But in these opening couple chapters, three chapters of Genesis, it's used 51 times. It's written as historical record. And why would God use this narrative device so often if Genesis 1 is not meant to be taken as a sequential historical record? If it's supposed to be poetry and metaphorical? So again, it's just, it's just this grammatical device is just further proof that Genesis 1 is intended to be historical record, a historical record of the creation of the heavens and the earth. It's written as literal. It's written as sequential days. And to say that it's not would be dishonest with the passage, with what's there. Grammatically, what's there? Linguistically, what's there? It would be dishonest. Now, verse 6. Let's look at the second day of creation. Then God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And thus God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And it was so. Remember the the earth originally was created covered with water. Uh, This word firmament, it means expanse. Uh, So God made an expanse or he made a space In the midst of the water, God divided the water so that there was water above the earth and water on the earth. Uh, Some believe the waters above the firmament, above the expanse, is a description of clouds in the sky. And that's what this is talking about. So this is merely a separation of the water vapor found in clouds from water found on the earth. Other scientists believe that this is not talking about clouds. uh, Because if you turn over to Genesis chapter 2, verse 5... There we're told it did not rain upon the earth in the early creation. Second half of verse 5, for the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the earth. And there was no man to till the ground. And so there was no, no rain. And so some say, well, this can't be clouds because that might imply rain, precipitation. Uh, and so some scientists believe that this may be a description of what is sometimes referred to as a water canopy or a vapor canopy that was above the earth's atmosphere, like a blanket of of water vapor around the earth, similar to the rings of Saturn. The rings of Saturn are almost entirely water. And so it could be describing something like that. There's not a water canopy around the earth now. Uh, So what happened to it? Well, they say that Genesis 7, there's a flood. And where does the water come from for the flood, but from this water canopy? That's a theory. We don't know for sure. The text does not demand that there's a canopy be there, but there, there is, there's an expanse created. There's a firmament, a space between the water, where now you have water on the earth and you have water above, whether that's clouds or 
some other kind of uh, water vapor that was above the atmosphere that's not there anymore. We don't know. Verse 7, again, I want you to notice, it says that God made the firmament and divided the waters which were under the firmament from the waters which were above the firmament. And notice the phrase, and it was so. And it was so. This phrase appears six times in Genesis 1. You may have heard it a few times as we were reading through the verses for today. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. In the Hebrew, this phrase, and it was so, it's just one word in Hebrew. It's the word kin in Hebrew. It's still used in modern Hebrew today. You know what it means in modern Hebrew? It means yes. Isn't that great? So God said, let this happen. Yes. And it was so. In biblical Hebrew, uh, the phrase means that what God said happened immediately. What God said happened immediately. And so God said, let there be a firmament in the midst of the waters and let it divide the waters from the waters. And it was so. It happened immediately. Boom. It's done. Yes. If you look down in verse 11, we see this phrase again with a creation of vegetation on the earth in verse 11. Then God said, let the earth bring forth grass, the herb that yields seed and the fruit tree that yields fruit according to its kind, whose seed is in it on the earth. And it was so immediately. Boom. There's vegetation on the earth, fully developed vegetation. Verse 15, we see it again uh, with the creation of the celestial bodies, the sun and moon and stars. Verse 15, and let them be for lights in the firmament of the heavens to give light on the earth. And it was so. Boom. God said, let there be lights in the heavens, the sun, the moon, the stars. And yes, it was so. It was done immediately, instantly. Uh, Look down in verse 24. Now he talks about the living creatures that were on the earth. Land animals. Verse 24. Then God said, let the earth bring forth the living creature according to its kind. Cattle and creeping things and beasts of the earth. Each according to its kind. And it was so. God said it and instantly the earth was filled with living animals. There's no, there's no process here. There's no process of time for these things to happen. There's no process for these things to come into existence. It, it, God said it. And it was done. God said it and they appeared. Fully formed. Fully mature. Boom. There it is. Yes. It's done. Okay. So now go back here in verse 7 again. 
And we have this firmament that was created, this expanse. God creates separating the water, creating a space, creating the sky. You know, in Psalm 33, the Lord merely spoke and the heavens were created. He breathed the word and all the stars were born. He assigned the sea its boundaries and locked the oceans and vast reservoirs. Let the whole world fear the Lord and let everyone stand in awe of him. For when he spoke, the world began. It appeared at his command. Psalm 33 says we should stand in awe of God, not only because of the fact that he is the creator of all, including us, but because of the way he created it. He spoke and it was done. He said it and it was so. At his command, it all appeared. In Psalm 148, it says, Let every created thing give praise to the Lord, for he issued his command and they came into being. Just like that. Just like that. And we should give praise to the Lord because he said it, And it was so. It happened immediately. And so we praise him for it. Verse 8 says, And God called the firmament heaven. So the evening and the morning were the second day. So God called the firmament heaven. Uh, Your translation might say sky there. This is a reference to the sky. You know, the sky in which birds fly. Um, And the evening and the morning were the second day. Day. Remember from last week, I mentioned this phrase evening and morning limits the word day to mean an ordinary 24 hour day. It can only mean a 24 hour day, an ordinary day. It can't mean a, a period of time longer than that because it says an evening and a morning. That's the parameters. So now we come to the third day in verses 9 to 13. And here on the third day, we have the creation uh, of land of earth, and the creation of vegetation. Verse 9 says, Then God said, Let the waters under the heavens be gathered together into one place, and let the dry land appear, and it was so. Just like that. Immediately. Dry land appears. And God called the dry land earth, and the gathering together of the waters he called seas, And God saw that it was good. His creation was good. So God now is creating a place for mankind to live on the earth. And he caused the dry land to appear out of the water. Psalm 95 says, The sea is his, for he made it, and his hands formed the dry land. And so God caused the dry land to appear. He also sets a boundary for the seas. Again, Psalm 33, he assigned the sea its boundaries and he locked the oceans in vast reservoirs. So from creation, we see from this creation account, we see that God commands the oceans and he commands the dry land to appear. God has power over uh, the seas. He has power over the land. He has authority over them. He, he, He speaks and The water moves away and the dry land appears. Now, this is not the only time in the Bible that we see God gather the waters together to make dry land appear. Uh, In the Exodus story, remember? 
the Exodus story, the children of Israel, they depart from Egypt and they come to the Red Sea. They hit a dead end. We're told in uh, Exodus chapter 14 that they were shut in by the mountains. They had mountains on each side of them. They've got the Dead Sea or the Red Sea in front of them. And they've got Pharaoh and his army chasing after them from behind. And what did God do? God parted the waters of the Red Sea. And it says he, he caused the dry land to appear. And they walked through the midst of the Red Sea on dry land, on dry ground. Uh, then in the book of Joshua, when the children of Israel came to the edge of the promised land, God parted the Jordan River and they walked through the Jordan River on dry ground, it says. In Second Kings, Elijah the prophet, we're told, he, he took his mantle, his coat, and he rolled it up. And he hit the waters of the Jordan River. And the waters parted. And Elijah and Elisha walked together on dry land through the Jordan River. After that, Elijah, if you remember the story, he is, he is taken up to heaven in a chariot of fire. And as he goes up to heaven, his, his mantle falls. And Elisha, the prophet, picks up his mantle and he goes back to the Jordan River. And he rolls up the mantle just like Elijah did. And he hits the water and the water then parts for Elisha, the prophet. And Elisha walks through on dry, on dry ground as well, just like Elijah did. So there's several times in the Bible where God gathered the waters and caused the dry land to appear. That he showed his power over the waters, over the seas, over the land, over his creation. You come to the New Testament, Right? New Testament, Jesus and his disciples are out in a boat on the Sea of Galilee and they get caught in a storm. The disciples think they're going to perish and Jesus stands up and it says he rebukes the wind and the waves and immediately there's a calm. The storm didn't just like gradually dissipate and the clouds just kind of go off. It says immediately it's gone. And it was so. Yes. And after he did that, the disciples wondered among themselves, who, who is this that even the wind and the waves obey him? Now, they're Jews. They know their Old Testament. They know all the times going all the way back to creation, to Genesis 1, when, when God divided the waters, when God caused the dry land to appear, when he demonstrated his power over the seas. And so now they're in the boat saying, who, who, who is this guy that even the wind and the waves obey him? Now that wasn't the only time the disciples got caught in a storm on the Sea of Galilee. They get caught a second time. The second time, Jesus isn't with them. Which, by the way, we go through storms in life, right? And we kind of have storm 101, and then God puts us into storm 102, right? Storm 101, he's in the boat with us. Jesus is right there. He takes care of everything. Storm 102. Now he kind of sends us out there on our own for a little bit. You know, we're graduating up. Storm 102. Jesus comes walking on the water. He gets in the boat with them. He calms the storm. And this time, this time, the disciples, it says, worshipped him. And they said, truly, you are the son of God. Right? They got it. This, this is the Creator. He asked me how I know. 
We're so glad you tuned in to hear today's edition of Ring of Truth. Pastor Dan is continuing to teach through the book of Genesis, verse by verse, chapter by chapter. If you'd like to hear this message again, or to listen to additional teachings from Pastor Dan, you're welcome to visit our website at calvaryec.com. Once there, you can listen to or download a wide range of previous broadcasts. Otherwise, simply subscribe to our podcast. Our podcasts provide you with up-to-date teachings through the Bible and can be taken with you wherever you might be. This can be advantageous for those who are on the go much of the time. You'll find a link to subscribe to our podcast at our website, calvaryec.com, or just search for Ring of Truth in iTunes. We'd love to hear how Ring of Truth has had an impact on your life. So please let us know by giving us a call at 410 410- 491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. We'd also really like to know how we can be praying for you. So when you call, don't be afraid to share your prayer request with us. We'd be happy to pray with you and for you. Ring of Truth is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in Columbia, Maryland. We hope you'll make sure to join us again as Pastor Dan continues teaching in this series through the book of Genesis. We look forward to the next edition of Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.